Jim read verses 1 through 6 this morning, and we're going to really just focus on verses 4 through 6. We've looked at verses 1 through one through 3 so far, and we've looked at the, the unity in the body and and uh, the, the vocation, walking worthy and uh, in a worthy manner of the vocation that we've been called to do as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We've been called to that. And uh, here in these next, in this next message here, we're going to continue on as our in our uh, our our duty uh, as uh, those in Christ Jesus, how we ought to walk. Right? We've looked at that the last few weeks. Uh, the verses one, chapters one through three, show our position in Christ, and chapters four through six uh, uh, illustrate our our, um, our our walk and our and our. Um, uh, I just lost the words I was looking for, but how we're supposed to live on a day-to-day basis uh, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. You know, there are some products out there, there's some products that, that are the best, right? And everybody in their field and the, and the, the things that they enjoy and what they like, they could probably tell you what the best is. If you're a lady and you like purses, you might say something like, Coach, is that a pretty good one, I think? Is Coach good? Is there anything better than that? Dooney and Burke, is that right? Wow. You don't have any of those, do you? You What? I didn't remember that. Oh, yeah. It's, it helps to have a... Yeah, that's even better. And uh, so... <laughs> and uh, But there's things... You know they're the best, right? If you're a guy... And you like tools, which if you're a guy, you should like tools. And uh, there's like Snap-on, right? Snap-on are the best. They really are the best. I, I worked in a shop when I was a kid, and, and one of the older guys had this massive Snap-on box. And in the box was every bit of Snap-on tools. He did not buy Mac. He did not buy Matco. He definitely didn't buy, uh, you know, Craftsman for, for if you're working on a day-to-day basis with tools. And he wasn't buying Cobalt or anything. He bought all Snap-on and he said, you know why I buy Snap-on? He said, look at my knuckles. There's not a cut on them. He said, they stay on the bolt. They don't slip off. And he only bought Snap-on. And they really are. There's some, uh, there's some of the best. I know there's some, some people might argue with that. But listen, they got the name. They're pretty good. What about KitchenAid? How many of you ladies like KitchenAid or men? that cook? Yeah, you guys like KitchenAid? Pretty good. Here's a new one, Yeti. Right? Have you ever seen those coolers? They're like 300 bucks. I don't have one. I cannot imagine three hundred dollars for a cooler, or four hundred dollars for a cooler. But they, I mean, but they do work. They keep ice dry for like years. I guess I don't know. It's something really cool. And uh, but they, they, they say there are the best. Watch when you have the best. You know what else you're going to have when you have the best? You're going to have knockoffs. You're going to have those things that look like the best. They are designed to look like the best. They may even have logos that are really, really similar to the best. But all they are are knockoffs. You might have a tools and they're made in, they says right on, and made in China. And I thought, man, I, and it says not snap on, it's like snap off or something like that. And you thought, oh, I got it. Oh, that's a, that's not a snap on, you know, as it's in two pieces. If you've ever done that with a wrench and uh, things like that. But they're, they're just knockoffs. They're, I'm sure there's mixers out there that look like Bosch or KitchenAid or Viking or whatever the ones that you like. And they're not quite the same. You know, they're, they're close to the same name, right? And they might have the same looking logo, but they're not. If you really like Yeti, you can go to Walmart and find Ozark Trail that looks just like Yeti. And they go, well, it's really just pretty much close 
close to the same. And uh, what am I saying? There's knockoffs. We're talking about knockoffs. They're just, they're, they're just close. They look similar. They function very similar, right? If you have a coach purse and then you have a, uh, I don't know, what's another... Uh, you go to New York City in some underground uh, market uh, off the tr- you get off the train and go to some underground market where you can buy all sorts of things there that were straight off the boat for China. And they're like, Coach, here's Coach, here's Coach. And you're like, that's not Coach. $2. Okay, it's definitely not Coach. Or it's hot, right, one or the other. But you can buy them. But they look similar. They have the same function. The logos might look the same, things like that, right? But they're just not the same. Why do people get knockoffs? Cheaper is a real big reason, isn't it? They're cheaper. It's the price. Sometimes it's availability, but you know what it is? It's mostly it is price. When the best rises to the top in the market, listen to me, when the best rises to the top in the market, there are always going to be a, a, a place in the market for cheaper, a cheaper price version, a knockoff. But watch, it's still not the best. There was a guy out there trying to sell a Lamborghini. It was a certain Lamborghini. Oh, this was a this is an authentic Lamborghini 1985 Countach white. It was beautiful, except it wasn't. It was a kit that was put on a Fiero frame. Remember the Fiero, the Fiasco Fiero, right? And it was look, but it was not. Listen, there's only one Snap-on. There's only one Coach. There's only one Yeti. There's only one Polo Ralph Lauren. There's only one Rolex. Right? There's only one, but there are many, many knockoffs, but only one original. Yeah. Can I tell you there's a lot of knockoffs, but there's only one church? You're like, that's not nice to call them knockoffs. Well, they're not a biblical church. And I want to look at that this morning. There are many, many knockoffs, but there is only one church. Look here in our text here. We're going to get there in just a second. But we know this. Jesus himself started his church, right? He said, I will build my church, my ecclesia, my called out assembly. He didn't create a new word. He didn't make up his own word. That was a word that was in use, ecclesia. And that's why he preceded the word ecclesia with my, my called out assembly. I will build my church. What does that mean? Well, there were other assemblies going on, like right? Town hall meetings, things like that. There were going to be other assemblies going on with certain names, with church added to them. But I'm telling you, they're not his church. They're another church. And we're going to look at that. But Jesus started his church. When did he start the church? Was it Pentecost or was it before that? Well, we know it was before that. You know what I say? What is the church? It's a called out assembly. When did he start calling them out? He started out with the remember those disciples. They had been saved under John's John's ministry. They had repented. They had shown meats for repentance. They were baptized with the only baptism that was from heaven. And uh, that's when Jesus started his church. What happened at Pentecost? Well, it was empowered. It was already there. The 120 were already in the upper room. I'm gonna, I don't want to mean to repeat this too many times, but in Acts 2.41, it says, They that gladly received his word were baptized. The Lord added unto them. Who's them? Well, you go back up to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. The 120 that were up in the, in the upper room. What was that? It was the church. The church that Jesus started. They already existed. They were waiting at Pentecost to be empowered. Right? Jesus started his Church. It was at Jerusalem and went from there to Damascus. It went out to Antioch and even there 
Jesus he began to call those out who had been who had repented and come to the baptism uh, at John. Even when you get to the time of Antioch, there was already false teachers coming in. At the, in the church at Antioch, the Judaizers had shown up. Even but here you have Antioch, uh, who sent out Paul and Barnabas, and uh, and there they go planting churches all over the known world. And very early on, we saw what false doctrine coming in to the church. Jesus started his church and the church is a body designed and built by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It has a specific makeup. What is it? What is the What is the church of Jesus Christ made up of? Born again, baptized believers. That is a church. Amen. Amen. That born again, baptized believers. It has a specific purpose and a specific job. It is the vehicle for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the church of Jesus Christ that is commissioned by its captain to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. It has a specific purpose. It has specific doctrines. That is specific beliefs. I love when people say, well, I, we, don't, we, don't, we don't focus on doctrine. Well, you know, doctrine just means teaching. And if you don't focus on teaching, what are you focusing on? That makes no sense. Well, with some of them, it makes perfect sense. But there are specific doctrines, right? Salvation is by grace through faith. Amen. And that's the way we, we come into Christ. We believe in the Bible teaches the eternal security of the believer, the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is very God. The blood atonement of Jesus Christ, for without the shedding of blood is no, uh, is no uh, remission. We, we, the teaching of personal separation and sanctification. Listen, the, the the church of Jesus Christ has a specific makeup. It has a specific job. It has specific doctrine. There is one manual for this church. It's the inspired, preserved word of God. There's a lot of knockoffs of those too, but there's only one real uh, original word of God. Listen, Jesus is still building his church today, but watch this. Satan has knockoffs. He does. Yeah. People assembled. A Bible is used. <laughs> yeah. Not born again. Not the vehicle for the gospel. So many of the doctrines contradict the truth of the Word of God. They, they, they begin preaching a salvation by works. They, be, they begin teaching that you're not eternal, eternally secure. They begin to teach in one fashion or another, and it's usually very deceptive the way they do it, that Jesus is not God. Uh, the, the Bible versions galore, many, many of them have their own Bibles, right, because they just, they just uh, had to fine-tune one just for their own beliefs. You know you're in a lot of problem if you take the Bible and you've got to rewrite it just to fit your beliefs. You're in, you're in trouble, man. You're in real pro you're in real trouble. Yeah. The New World Translation. That's the Bible of the Jehovah's Witness. I asked you a Jehovah's Witness one time, I said, Why did you guys use the you used the King James Bible at one time? Why'd you change? Oh, well, they took the word Jehovah out. No, they didn't. It's in there. And actually, actually they had such respect for the name Jehovah, they wrote it in capital L O R D, because they didn't feel many times worthy to write out the word Jehovah. That's what some of the testimony is. No, they had to write a new Bible because this book didn't fit their beliefs. And instead of saying, wow, we're wrong to the, to the Word of God, we'll just go ahead and make our own. Yeah, you're in a, you know what that is? That's a knockoff church. 
Oh, they may assemble, they might be a vehicle for something, but it's not a, an assembly of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Pride. Oh, they're all out there, aren't they? They have their own. Can I tell you something this morning? If you can trace your church back to a man, if you can trace your doctrinal statement back to a man, if you can trace the core purpose of your existence back to a man, you have a man-made church. Amen. Amen. You absolutely do. And they're all over the place. Yeah. Do any of these sound familiar? Charles Wesley, Martin Luther, John Calvin, Alexander Campbell, Church of Christ. Yeah. Ellen G. White. I got Charles Taz Russell, Joseph Smith, uh, Amy Simple McPherson. What was that? Four Square Pentecostal Church. Mary, my favorite, Mary, Baker, Glover, Patterson, Eddie, Christian church, Christian science, I should say. What, wait, what do all of these churches have in common? They all go back to a person. They all go back to a man. They all go back to a woman. Listen, if, if you, are not a, you are not a member, if you're a member of one of these churches, you are not a member of the church that Jesus started. You say, well, I'm a member. I love this one. Well, I'm a member of the true church, I'm not really a member of, of some, you know, church building thing. So please tell me, define me, what is the true church? What does that mean? <laughs> no, your response is their response. It, it's very similar. I don't know. What I'm saying this morning, hey, Satan has knockoff churches. And if we're, watch, if we're not careful, the, the doctrines and the belief systems of these knockoffs will creep into our church. The Judaizers, they showed up in Antioch, right? Paul had to write to the church of Galatians. There was a lot of problems of, of doctrinal issues there, right? Je, what am I saying? Jesus started his church, number one. But number two, there is only one church that Jesus started. If a body is going to function, watch, there has got to be unity in that body. There's one body. Jesus started it. It's his church. And it's, it's called one body. And if it's going to function, there's got to be unity. You know, if you want to go take a walk, you know your body has got to be in unity with your brain. If, if your foot says, no, I'm going to be numb for a little while longer, you're not going anywhere. Well, you're not going anywhere. You're going to sit there and do this and shake your foot until the, you know, and stomp on it until the pins and needles go away because you've been sitting down for far too long, right? That's kind of what you do Sunday after, after the morning service, right? You get up and you stomp your feet and get the feeling back to your legs because you've been sitting down far too long. I know, it's tough. And, uh, but listen, if your body isn't in agreement, am I boring everybody here? I hope I'm not boring you. If the body isn't in agreement, there's no unity in the body. And it's not going in the same direction. It's, it's, you're not going to be able to accomplish what you intend to accomplish. Listen, if the churches of Jesus Christ are going to function like the head tells them, there's got to be unity in the body. You've got to be on the same page. And here in our text in Ephesians chapter 4, the Holy Spirit of God has given us a list of things that are present for a body to be in unity. Each one of these things begin with the word one. One. One is a number of unity. A man shall leave his father and mother, shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be what? One flesh. 
It's unity. It's unity. One is, is, is not divisible. It's indivisible. It's a number of unity. It's a number of exclusivity. There is not another. There's not, oh, there's that one and then there's this one. We only, I, I know new math is really weird today. There might be multiple ones, right? But there's really only one one, right? Because after that, there's just two and three and four and five and go on, right? Yeah. It's exclusivity. And this is what the world has. This is the, the problem the world has with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's exclusivity. This is the, world, the problem the world has with Christianity. He says, well, you just think you're the only ones. No, I believe that he's the only one. And that's where the problem lies. Yeah. Well, I believe all roads lead to, lead, to, lead, to, lead to heaven. Well, that'd be wonderful if the Bible said that. But it's not what he said. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. There is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Exclusivity. One. 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 There's one God. And we're going to look at this here this morning. Look at this list. Look at verse 4 through 6. Brother Jim read this. There is one body, one spirit, even as you're called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. It looks like, it looks like anything else that doesn't follow what Jesus started is a knockoff. And here's a little hint that we have. You ready for this? It's one body. There's only one body. And there's only one head to that body, the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. I just told you this, didn't I? There's only one body. Colossians 1, 18 tells us what the body actually is. Because in Colossians 1, 18, he says, For he is the head of the body, comma. What's the body? The church. <laughs> right. It is local. It is visible. It is autonomous. You can see it. It is not invisible. It is not universal. And there is one body. You say, well, 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 there's a lot of different churches that are like Jesus. Well, it, you know what? You know, it's really similar when we say there's really one home. What does that mean? Well, in God's design, there's one home, a man and a woman. Amen. They come together. Make a vow before God and before man. They come together as man and wife and they become one flesh as one home. No, no, these, these make-believe homes of man and man and woman and man and man and goat or whatever they want to come up with next. No, that's not a home. You can call it a home all you want, but it is not a home. It is not what God designed. There is one church and you, there's a lot of things out there that call themselves a church. But when they don't, when they don't have the, the, the identifying marks of the church that Jesus started, it's not a church of Jesus Christ, and it's a knockoff. It's a different one. He said he's the head of the body, the church. There's no such thing as a head with more than one body. That'd be weird. No, in the natural design of things, have you ever seen somebody with one head and four arms and four legs and two abdomens and... Uh, maybe it's happened out there, but you know what? They don't get much accomplished in life. Wait, it's not how God designed it. It's kind of a freak, right? Yeah. No, there's one head and one body. Hey, Jesus is not the head of the Mormon church. 
Jesus, amen, <laughs> He is not the head of the Mormon church. He is not the head of the, uh, the church of Christ. Jesus is not the head of Christian science. He is not the head of the Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, fill in the blank. He is not the head. He is the head of the church that He started, that He, uh, that he bled for, that He died for, that He purchased with His own blood. He is the head of that church. And as we'll see that the church of Jesus Christ started, it has some identifying marks. It has some doctrines that set it apart from all of the knockoffs that are out there in the world. There's one body, one church, one body. Notice this, there's one spirit. Why are we doing this? Look at verse 3. We're endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, right? This is, this is how we keep unity in the body, is we have to understand what the body actually is and what the doctrines actually are. There's one body. Look at this. One Spirit. Revelation 18.2. The Bible says, And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great has fallen, has fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and, and the hold of every foul spirit. There's a lot of different spirits out there, aren't there? There's a lot of different things out there. John, 1 John 4, 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits to see whether they be of God. Why? Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. There are many spirits out there. There are demons. There are all sorts of things that go on out there. But there is only one spirit, which is the third person of the Godhead, God Himself. The, uh, the, 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 he is a person, and He is a He, not a she. No, there's, there's Pentecostals out there who believe the Holy Spirit's a woman. <laughs> yeah. The divine feminine, boy, that's a thing sweeping, sweeping the emergent church and Bethel churches and, and Hillsong churches. The divine feminine, oh. Yeah. These goddesses. Lauren Daigle, boy, she's a, she's a goddess in her own mind. A lot of mystery religion going on there. A lot of mess. There's only one Spirit of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit of God. It is the Spirit of God who is our teacher. It is the Spirit of God who guides us into all truth. It is the Spirit of God who seals us into the day of redemption. If you are claiming that you have have the Spirit and He can leave you when you sin enough, hey, listen, you don't have the same Spirit. You have a different spirit going on. The Bible says there's one body and there is one spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Godhead. He will always guide you into truth. He will never guide you into anything that is outside of the written word of God. Well, the Holy Spirit said this. The Holy Spirit told me to do this and told me to go here and told me to say that and told me to do this. Contrary to the word of God, you're going, I don't think that's the same spirit. How about all these people that prophesied that Trump was going to win the last election? <laughs> yeah. The Lord said, wow, that's a bold statement. It was a Lord, but not the Lord. It was a spirit, but not the spirit. Oh, I know what they say. Well, he really did win. And I know that's kind of hard to argue with. But anyway. No, I'm just it's not by, and it's not what they meant by their prophecy anyway. They believed he was going to be in office and they were prophesying that way. And they're liars. And I wish they would just stick with Deuteronomy and take him out and stone him for he's a liar. That's what the Bible says. If a man prophesied and not come to pass, take him out and stone him for he's a liar. Yeah. 
I'm not advocating stoning, okay? That's going to get out there. Hey, there's one body, there's one spirit, there's one hope. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 3.13, to the end he may establish your hearts uh, uh, unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. 1 John 3.2, beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear... We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You realize Jesus is coming with all the saints. That's why it's the catching away of the saints, not the church. But we get a lot of problems. So, so, so those that believe just the church go up in the rapture, does that mean David's not getting resurrected? You just got to wait around? I think he's coming with all the saints, right? <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. There's one hope that we have. Go to to Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 29 through 30. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Look at this. Verse 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, whom he justified, them he also, them he also glorified, them he also. It sounded like I made up a new word. What shall we say then to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? Do you see this? We are predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Watch. We were called. We were justified. We were glorified. This is our hope, our full redemption in the future glorification of the body. Yeah. This is, there's one hope. There's one hope. We're going to be like Him. Our hope is not to have our own planet someday. Our hope is not to inherit the earth someday. Our hope is not to become gods someday. Our hope is to be fully and completely like the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to have a new body. Amen? Amen. Looking forward to that. There's one hope. There's one hope. There's one body. There's one spirit. There's one hope. Look at this. There's one Lord. Who is it? He's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. Calvin is not our Lord. Amen. (laughs) Joseph Smith is not our Lord. The pastor is not the Lord. There's a lot that like to think they're Lord, but they're not. It'd be easier sometimes to try that. They're not. They're not Lord. Lord, the, the word Lord there, curious, means he to whom the, a person belongs. He to whom a person belongs. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been bought with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been purchased by Him. You've been adopted. We're in the family of God. He is our Lord. We belong to Him. He is Master. He is Lord. It is a title that was given to God the Messiah. And watch this please. Jesus alone is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And just as there there is not a head with two bodies, listen, there is not a body with two heads. That's pretty weird too. Oh, I know. You find a snake with two heads sometimes. Just the more to cut off. You find a cow. You ever see a calf? Some picture that's two heads, you know. You know what do people say? That's weird. Because it is. Because it's not normal. Right? Yeah. 
Listen to me this morning. Jesus, I know you know this, but hopefully, listen, truth really kind of, uh, I don't know about you, but truth kind of makes the heart happy every once in a while. Jesus alone is Savior. Jesus alone is the atonement. Jesus alone is our, is our Redeemer. Jesus alone is our Keeper and the Keeper of our souls. Jesus alone is our righteousness. What is He? He's Lord. He is Lord over all of our life. Yeah. There's one Lord. There's one, there is one body. There is one Spirit. There is one hope. There is one Lord. Look at this. There is one faith. One faith. What is the faith? The faith is the body of revealed truth. It was the truth we saw that was given to the apostles. It was delivered to the churches. It was written down by the writers moved along of the Holy Spirit of God and written down and then preserved for us in His Word. Through Paul, the Holy Spirit of God told the believers in Acts 14.22 to continue in the faith. What is it? The body, the body of revealed truth. Through Jude, the Holy Spirit said that we were to earnestly contend for the faith. Yeah. Why? Because it gets attacked, right? We are to earnestly contend for the faith. So watch this. The faith isn't something that we just, well, whatever. If they believe this, they believe that. They believe this, whatever. I don't know. We're told to earnestly contend for it. Sounds like it's pretty important. Earnestly contend for the faith. Watch this though. Once delivered uh, delivered to the saints. Once delivered. I'm sorry, Pentecostals. There's not more revelation coming outside of the Word of God. Uh, boy, if you tell, you tell, tell uh, and I know them, I'm friends with some of them, you tell them that this is the complete Word of God, and this is the canon of Scripture right here completed, boy, I tell you what, they get a little fussy. They don't like that. Why? Because to them, God is giving them other revelation outside of the Word of God. And they feel like they, they, they had that connection with the Spirit. Well, they, you have a connection with the Spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit of God because He guides everybody into truth. He guides everybody into the Word of God. He never contradicts His Word. Yeah. It was once delivered to the saints. We have it today. No, listen, if we don't have it today, why are we here? If we're missing some of it, I love it. We found some missing whatever in this scripture and we, we found this and, you know, never before seen. And we just, I just talked to a Mormon yesterday who just believed that Joseph Smith was given revelation by God and uh, he was given that revelation and, and uh, so, uh, that, that, uh, that we had not had before. I thought, wow, what a bummer that is. For 1830 some years, 1800 years, Man has been getting along without this revelation from Joe that God gave to Joe. Right? Yeah. He came and restored the true church. Did you know that? I didn't know the church was missing. Jesus said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, which would include Joe Smith. He's, he's part of the gates of hell. And uh, Jesus said it wouldn't prevail against it. I think it's still here. Absolutely it is. There is a body that was once delivered to the saints. We're not waiting for more. We have it all. Hey, friend, why, do you, why would we even want more? We have trouble with what we have. <laughs> Come on now. Have you got it all down yet? No. No, we don't. Yeah. This faith wasn't delivered to Constantine and the Roman Catholic Church. 
this faith wasn't delivered to the reformers. This faith wasn't delivered to Joseph Smith. The church that Jesus started, the time before you ever get 300, before you ever get to Constantine, before you ever get to the Reformation 1,500 years later, before you get to Joseph Smith, the church that Jesus started with the apostles had it already. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith. A number of unity, a number indivisible, a number of exclusivity. Here's here's what makes us a Baptist and separates from everybody else. One baptism. Is that the baptism of the Spirit? Is that the baptism of fire? Is that... Water baptism. One baptism. One baptism. You know, the only man to, who was the only man who had the authority to baptize? It was John the Baptist. Remember the Pharisees uh, came to him and he says, where do you get your authority? And the, he, Jesus said, well, let me ask you something. Where does John get his authority? And they said, they reasoned with themselves, well, if we say of God, then we're going to be in trouble because we've rejected him. If we say of man, then the people are going to be against us because they believe he's a prophet. Uh, we don't know. And Jesus says, okay, good. I am not going to tell you where I got my authority either. In Isaiah 40, you know that John was prophesied. He was the forerunner of the Messiah. He was going to come preaching. He was preaching and he would preach repentance and he would baptize those that came in repentance. And then when Jesus started his church, he called those out that had already been baptized by John. Absolutely. And I can show you that if, you, if you'd like to see that sometime. And at, but then after John was beheaded in prison... Jesus, over in Matthew chapter 28, he says this, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, well, who's he talking to? His church. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of who? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them whatsoever things I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you until the end of the world. Jesus now has the authority. And who did he give the authority to baptize? Wasn't a man. You see, when you give authority to a man, you've got to replace him every time he dies. The authority was given to his church. Churches have the authority to baptize. And this is water baptism. Why? Well, for one thing, there's no such thing as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's nowhere in the Word of God. We are baptized with the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit Himself baptizes no one. It is Jesus who does the baptizing. When we are saved, we are, we are immersed, we are filled, we are uh, indwelt by the Spirit of God. Oh, I know, there's the Finneys and all of those that ran around for a second blessing. And I don't know what they had. They had something. Okay, fine. I know Jack Hiles got in on the deal too and in the graveyard and, you know, he took all the bus kids and something happened. And uh, it's a great message. But anyway, uh, I know he, everybody had to get in on the sensationalism of this, uh, this extra second blessing. But the Bible doesn't teach it. 
You have all, listen, the Holy Spirit of God is a person. Either you have him or you don't. The only problem is, is when he doesn't have all of you, that's when the problem comes. Yeah. Did these guys get some? I think they got some. Maybe, maybe, hey, maybe they just gave themselves over to God so completely. They were living a life they didn't know was possible. And they said, wow, I got a second blessing. Nope. You had the first one. You just, you just didn't, you just didn't yield yourself to him. Oswald Chambers says he talked about his own blessing when he asked God to have this blessing on his life. He wanted the fullness. He wanted all of God. And he said, you know what Chambers said was so different all of the rest? He says, I didn't think anything happened to me until I saw people start coming to Christ more. And God started blessing in the ministry more. But he goes, I felt nothing. I didn't even know anything happened except the outworking of what I kind of like that a little better than some of the other ones. The Holy Spirit, baptism, baptism. The only baptism in the context of a local visible church, which is who Paul is writing to here in Ephesians, right? He's writing to a church. And the only baptism in the context of a local visible body is a local visible water baptism. Yeah. Immersion, to baptize, baptizo, to immerse, to dip, to, to, to plunge. Of who? Of believers, this isn't the baptism of babies. You won't find that anywhere in the Word of God. How, do you, how does a baby believe? Yeah. It's not of infants. This is what set us apart. This, was the, this is the exclusivity that, that the Roman Catholic world was butchering our Baptist forefathers over, was over the rejection of infant baptism. They can't believe. They can't believe. There's one baptism. It places you into the body. How does it place you into the body? Can you show me any other mechanism that puts you into the body after baptism? I I don't see another mechanism in the Word of God, in the New Testament, that places a believer in the body, the local visible body, after salvation and baptism. Acts 2.41, they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the Lord added unto them daily such as should be saved. When did the addition come? After the baptism. Who had the authority to baptize? The church. What places you into the body? Well, baptism. I'm thankful for everyone who gets saved. I may, I may bring some uh, differing of opinions here, but not everybody who's saved is ready to be baptized into a body. There are people that are living in sin. What are you going to do, baptize them and immediately church discipline them? No, there's people nowadays in our, in our culture that, I mean, my, uh, yeah, my, I hear it from my brother all the time in Australia. They, they live together, shack up for years. They absolutely know nothing different. What are you going to do, bring them into the church, baptize them into the body while they're living in sin and just let them stay there? I mean, that's odd because, you know, living in fornication and adultery is a grounds for church discipline. Yeah. I don't have time to deal with that today. That's a, that's a long one. One God and Father. One baptism. Here it is. One baptism, finally, one God and Father. Allah is not God. Amen. Allah is not God. 
Only Jehovah God is above all and is through all. Look at this. And in you all. Kind of sounds like the eternal omnipotent God who created all things and by him all things exist. This is him. There's one. God says, I know not of another. Yeah. And he went on to say, I love this. Even if there were, I would know him. No, you might not know who he is, but if there was another one, I'd know him. And wouldn't you think of this? If there was another one, don't you think he would have come along by now and said, no, it's me? And watch, and verified it. Maybe like God did through signs and wonders and creations and all of these things. You know what? All the ones that have come up that have said, I am God, I am God too, are dead. <laughs> Not real good proven, is it? We're talking about unity today. You said, really? I said, yeah, really I am. Maybe I got to it a long way around the scenic route to get there. But we're talking about unity. If you remove just one of these facts, you have broken the unity of the body of Christ. If you remove one body, oh, there's many different churches. Well, there are, but it's not His. If you remove one spirit... If you remove one hope, if you remove one Lord, if you remove one baptism. Oh, yeah, I know you've been saved, but have you had the baptism of the Holy Ghost yet? Have you had the Holy Ghost? If you remove any of these things, if you remove just one and you're left with six good ones, you're still left with disunity in the body. And you're still left with the church that isn't the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've changed it. You've modified it. You've modified it from a body of one to a body now of a couple different things. And one head with two bodies is a freak. You've opted for rebellion, actually. And you're destroying the unity of body. It's pretty important, actually. Watch. The Holy Spirit of God gave us this in in, in in, 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 in the... portion of Ephesians 4 through 6 and how to live what we are as Christ on a day-to-day basis. He said, we need to know this, right? We need to know this. If you're going to live right, if you're going to live, if you're going to carry out what has been put in you, if you are in Christ, now you're going to live it out. You've got to know something, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is pretty important. It's pretty important. Yeah. It's pretty important to God, obviously. He has spent quite a bit of time relaying to us what it is and what it is not. It's important. It's doctrine. It's mission. It's purpose. It's future. It's very, very important. It's the body of Jesus Christ that has been left here to continue what Jesus, uh, what Jesus uh, came to do, which was to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus went back to heaven. You know, he said, I'm going to leave my church. I'm going to leave my body, this visible local, all of these visible local assemblies to carry out the Great Commission. Don't mess with it. Yet man comes along and messes with it. Pretty important. Pretty important. One. Not many. One. You say, well, I thought the church doesn't save you. Well, no, it doesn't save you. We know that. But your place in the church has a lot of bearing 
on the millennial reign of Christ, and I don't know, maybe eternity. I don't know. We haven't been revealed that. Your placement in a true church, in, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? one of his bodies that has the same identifying marks as the church that he started, has a lot of bearing, listen, on your obedience, your place of obedience to Jesus Christ. It absolutely does. It's not to be taken lightly. I think in our American culture, it's so easy just to kind of dismiss the gravity of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ because they're all over the place. There's buildings everywhere and assemblies all over the place with lots of false doctrine. So let me ask you this morning, how important is the church to you personally? How important is it to you? It's the vehicle to carry out the Great Commission. That's pretty big. Pretty important vehicle. In the trunk of this car is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Packed into this automobile, this, this vehicle, uh, the gospel is truth that has the ability to save the lost from hell. Pretty important. Pretty important. How important is the church to you? We know in the last days it's going to become less and less important to people because Jesus said so much the more as you see the day approaching. There was, a, there was this urgency about the assembling and about the viewpoint of the body and about, about the assembling to the edification of one another around us. Why? As you see the day approaching, why? Because things are going to start falling away. Yeah. Pretty important. Do you not see it today? Where'd the Sunday night go? Where'd Wednesday night go? Where are the churches that had two and three and four week revivals? Preach every night. My granddad said they'd go to revivals. They'd go to 11 o'clock every night for two weeks. So we'd go up and go again. We'd stay at 11, get up and go to work the next day. Two weeks, they'd stay in. There's a totally different view of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're in a place. How important is it? Don't don't worry about anybody else. To you, to you, to you. How important is, is it to you? And how, how do you carry that out, watch, in your day-to-day living? Because that's what we're talking about. Chapters 4 through 6. How we live out what Christ has worked in. Our Father, would you help us today? I know the world around us has minimized your church. But Lord, it would be easy. It's it's easy. It's all around us. It's easy for us to kind of kind of round off the sharp edges of our belief system and kind of make things a little easier to handle, a little more palatable, and be not so cranky about things and so dogmatic. It's where everything's going. But Lord, greater than all of that, we just want to be have the same view of your church as you have. 
And that should affect our daily life. And so, Father, would you help us to have the right view? If we don't have the right view, would you help us to have the right view of your church? Would you just, Lord, would you just, the, the, the gravity of it and the depths of it and the importance of it, would it just, uh, would it just be, be heavy upon our hearts and deep within us? Your view of your church. Lord, that the world would see it, the world would know. And that as we carry the gospel into the, all the world, and live on a day-to-day basis as a, as a way that would, uh, that would glorify who you are and glorify your church. That we would stay true to that, Lord. And while others are falling away and others are walking away, Lord, that we would not follow that crowd. Lord, that we would be faithful where we are. Lord, we thank you for what you've delivered. Lord, you created it all and you said it was very good. And in that same vein, we believe as well, you, Jesus, started your church and there's not a thing that needs to be changed about it. We just need to live it. Would you help us to do that? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand this morning. The instrument's going to play. How important is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to you? How important is your church? You may be watching online because you're not a member of a body. That's unscriptural. It is foreign to the New Testament that somebody would be in Christ and not a member of one of His bodies. And you need to be a part of one. You need to find a, a church that is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to find a Baptist church and join it. And get a part of it and be faithful in it. However the Lord has spoken to you. How, how do you view the church? Maybe there's little areas that you've just thought are not that big of a deal in a church. But really God says they are. Say you say there's there's churches that you're saying that aren't real churches. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying if there are, is an assembly of people that do not hold the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ in His church, no, they're not a church. They're not one of His. Absolutely not. They're knockoffs. Knockoffs. I don't know about you, but as much as possible, in most things, I like the real thing. Yeah. There's a reason I'm a Baptist friend. It's not just because family history or tradition or anything like that, although that may be there. We better be. We'll close up here today. We'll close in a word of prayer. Good to see everybody out this morning. And uh, we'll be back tonight, Lord willing. Uh, back in the book of Matthew, we'll see. And uh, we'll go from there. Brother Bob Healy, would you close us in a word of prayer this morning?